You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, Casual fam. Welcome to our latest installment of Casual Council, our 12th installment of Casual Council. It is something to be celebrated, Holly. I think that that's pretty good. These guys have come back 12 times. That really means something to us. Yeah, coming here 12 times is pretty impressive for anyone phrasing. Um, but yeah, guys, a full year's worth of Casual Councils. And yeah, they have. we haven't missed a month, Holly, and our council has just grown. Um, and in this episode, we've got uh, Brent with us and Jory and Rob and Scotty. Uh, and Nettie ignored our call. I know. So he that's okay. Us. He hates us. It's fine. We'll forgive him. But uh, sitting in Nettie's place uh, this week, guys, you'll recognize him from episode one of the podcast, Holly. That was a long time ago. Okay, so not episode one of Star Wars. He may have appeared in The Phantom Menace. I'm not actually sure. I haven't checked his IMBD page. We should check that out. It's our good friend, Wade. Wade, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, your first casual counsel. Uh, also, folks, Wade killing it in the Facebook group, um, kicking out all the bots, um, you know, pulling a stone cold on people and putting them on the mat when necessary, when they're being disrespectful. Uh, Wade, our moderator, how you doing, my good friend? Doing good, Mike. How you doing? I couldn't complain. I couldn't complain. I think our entire uh, panel here is is drunk already, so this is going to be a very interesting casual council. Uh, but I I am here and ready. It's good to have you here. I know you, you know you're deep and sweaty in the Mando, and that's going to be a big discussion here. Uh, I I can feel it. And and we have as we talked about in past episodes, guys, a lot of Star Wars coming out. Um, too much Star Wars? Question mark. No. Never too much Star Wars. Um, but that dry spell that we all thought was coming, I mean, it was very brief um, that Bob Iger alluded to um, uh, a few months ago. So I, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, but this will take some time. But we have the Mando to talk about now. Uh, so, Wade, Season 2, I want to start with you. Um, coming in hot with Season 2, it just wrapped up. I mean, this was our first – it was Christmas, I guess, Friday. Our first, uh, first week in a while without a new Mandalorian. The, the season wraps up. An emotional one. What did you think, man? To be perfectly honest with you, I thought the second season just was absolutely phenomenal. Um, There was moment after moment where I was just completely floored with what they brought to the, what they brought to the game. And it was just, I'm ready for season three already. Let's just keep this train rolling. Yeah, it's actually, I don't know if it's a little upsetting. I'm trying not to be too greedy because Star Wars fans are greedy. Every single one of our fellows here, we're all greedy. You're a Star Wars fan. You just want more and more and more, and it takes time. And Holly, I am one of those people that just wants more all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it takes time to get these things done. So we were promised, I believe it was December of this coming year, we were going to get this season three. It does look like it's being pushed back. Pulled an audible, said, hey, Boba Fett, you know, we're bringing you in. Um, let's do a little a little promo for that here in the end of The Mandalorian. So it looks like we're getting the Boba Fett series probably first, I would assume. They're filming that right now. And then we're getting a third season of The Mando. So we got to wait a little bit longer. But, boy, that that's a cliffhanger. I mean, I don't know how else to yeah, – we, we still we, – once again now, we have no idea where we're going. Right. I, I, I mean, I don't think we're going to follow Luke and, and, and the rest of the Jedi. Maybe not now. It feels like we're going Mandalore hardcore. Wait, is that is that is that what we're going to get into the deep and sweaty of Mandalore? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it looks like we're going to end up going that route, especially when you got that whole issue with um, 
with Bo-Katan and the Darksaber and the fact that, you know, Din's now in possession of it, it's like, yeah, it's like, where are we going to go from here? Are they going to end up having a full-on, like, slugfest to yeah. decide who's going to get the Darksaber? But, I mean, they're going to have to do something, obviously. I mean, Din doesn't want it, but he can't just give it up to her by, you know, the rules of conduct. So who knows what we're going to see. Yeah, I feel like those rules are evolving, you know, each and every show that it's introduced in, and and, and the, the meaning is going to change as we go on. But, Scotty, you are a big fan of the Darksaber. You may be wielding one there on the shelves. I'm not sure. I do see a lightsaber of some sort back there. I don't think it's the Darksaber. But uh, I, I know, my friend, this fascinates you um, and just this, this history of the Darksaber and what does it mean now. Um, we saw a lot of Darksaber uh, action in this episode, this last episode, I should say. I mean, were you pleased by it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's going to be the main focus for the third season. Like you guys are saying, Mandalore and who's going to bring it back. If it's, so, you know, everyone keeps saying it's dead. It's glassed over. There's nothing there. Yeah. And uh, me, that is kind of where it's like, the old meaning of the saber not really holding the same weight that it is in the current timeline where like in the past, um, the symbol of the saber was more important. Um, or who, who wielded it was more important back then because there were all these clans. Whereas now there's nothing. So the wielder has to be somebody who wants to lead it, who wants to create it anew. And, uh, I feel like maybe, like, we don't know the whole story. Everybody's kind of jumping to some conclusions a little yeah. bit. Um, my theory is that Gideon stole it somehow. Yeah. Like he didn't earn it. He didn't earn it from Bo-Katan. And now the fact that Din has earned it from him, it has this kind of fake merit. And in her eyes, it's like, even if she wins it back now, it's still fake merit. So what, does she give it back to Gideon and then fight him for it again? Like, yeah. um, it's complicated, but I feel like... It leaves us in a good spot because that's the plot they can use in the third season. Everybody's like, what are they going to do? There's no Grogu. Like, this will be the new plot will be like this. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't I don't trust anything uh, Moff Gideon says. So you're right. I don't think this is some honorable fight that he won. He, he knows the lore, but he just wants the thing. It, it, he doesn't necessarily want to rule Mandalore. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem like he cares about that. There's something else behind it. Just brings him power of some sort or just knowing that Mandalore will never rise again. There will never be a threat to the empire from Mandalore. Maybe that's it. I don't know, but he, there's something about it that he, he holds on to. Yeah, Scotty. Also like, um, the Beskar, I feel like is key because it's yeah. fun funding all this research. Yep. It's fun going after the force sensitive, you know, the blood and all that. So they're definitely using it to their advantage. And without it, I feel like it's kind of a big, like whoops, <laughs> yeah. You know, someone's got that saber back. Yeah, it seemed like people were just passing out Beskar like it was just the 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 currency of the day in the beginning. So we'll we'll see if that's going to play into season three. They kind of dropped off of that, right? When we got the Beskar spear, but that was that was kind of it. So we'll we'll see if it does. But Brent, this I, we love seeing Bo Katan. It was fantastic. She obviously wants the saber back, but what is going to make you know, if she gets the saber back, why is it going to be so different now than it was when she was there on Mandalore and everyone was cheering her on and she took it? They're very similar circumstances. She just had more people behind her then. What What do we think is going to make it so different now if she gets it? 
I mean, I think her biggest thing now is, you know, before, because it was completely out of her hands and, you know, Sabine got it. And then as a symbolic gesture, he's like, you know, you're the rightful heir here. Take this rule of Andalore as you should. Yeah. And, you know, unite the houses, you know, in that whole hoopla. But I think because she's since lost it, now the only way that she can properly take it back and rule again is through the, what is considered tradition. She has to earn it through combat. She has to take it back the proper way. Otherwise it's not going to be awarded to her and she won't be respected. And, you know, nobody's going to listen and follow her. Um, but you know, it, it, it kind of, you know, makes me wonder, you know, you talk about Mandalore and, you know, what are they going to do with the planet? But, you know, you think back to the first season and they say, you know, Mandalorian's not a race, it's a creed. Yeah. So then, you know, what truly is Mandalore kind of like with Thor and Asgard, you know, it's yeah. a, you know, Mandalorian is a people, it's a, you know, it's not necessarily a place. So, you know, they just need to find someplace new to settle. And, you know, unfortunately you're not, you may not have the source of Beskar or maybe that's the reason to hold on to Mandalore is what Beskar still remains in the planet. Um, you know, so, you know, there's a lot of different aspects like that, but yeah, Mandalore lives in us all, you know, like Minichlorians, Holly, I I feel like, you know, that's, if you got a high M count, you know, is, did they mean Mandalore? I don't know. Just say the word. Lots of Mandalorian in you. Phrasing. Oh. You got a B count, you got an M count, you know, it's all good. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Jory, uh, I feel like we're overshadowing such a huge moment. Uh, if you're a YouTuber, I feel like everyone did either a reaction of themselves to uh, Luke Skywalker showing back up or they posted someone else's reaction. I saw a lot of people clipping Star Wars Theory's reaction and posting on their own channel. I'm like, I don't think you could do that. It's not your reaction anyway. Uh, but uh, Dark Saber aside for a second, one of our biggest heroes returns. My favorite character, I would say, probably in any uh, a fandom uh, returns in a, in a really epic way. What did you think of that moment? Uh, did you shed some tears like it seemed like 98% of the, of the world? I uh, didn't shed any tears, but um, was a big fan of the moment. Um, I think that, I, I mean, since it was so controversial as far as, you know, Luke coming back and it kind of seemed like, I don't know if it was a 50-50 split, but it seemed like there was a lot of pushback and maybe it's just because you know, the the people that are so upset are always the ones that are the most heard. Um, but um, I thought that the way they did it, at least in my eyes, it was it was pretty cool. Um, you know, seeing like it, it was it was a callback to obviously like Grandmaster Luke, or at least kind of you know getting on his way to that. Um, it showed Luke in a very badass way that we really haven't seen him yeah um even in even in the ot like you know he wasn't moving like that he wasn't fighting like that uh you know it it, it brought a lot of the kind of prequel style fighting mm-hmm. i guess you'd say and it showed luke you know in a very uh fluid you know just running through people like we haven't really seen him do before yeah. um and, and I thought it showed growth in the character. Um, I was I was a big fan, um, and and I also think that it. And I don't know if you guys. I think, actually do think you guys talked about it. You know, it, it shows. It really brings to light what they were saying in uh, you know in the Last Jedi on you know him being the legend of yeah. Luke Skywalker, you know, and and him being. This just bigger than bigger than life character and because he really is, you know, and and it showed him, you know, I mean, just just being being the Jedi we thought he would be 
and and then it kind of brings it back to that to where you know he's talking about that and 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 kind of remembering himself in a way that other people remembered him yeah and and I thought that it connected that that talking point in the last Jedi pretty well um, you know I know some people don't see it that way but for me I thought it was it was really well done and I enjoyed it a lot yeah I thought right Holly like it it felt to me he, like 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 Jory just said. He, Luke didn't even say much. He didn't even give him his freaking name. Luke's just a humble guy at this moment. He's like, I'm going to whoop some ass. Yeah, I'll take the kid. He needs to be trained. And I'm out. I'm not even going to tell you who I am. Which, once again, Den, I don't know. If you're a parent, I don't know about you guys. Most of you guys are parents here. I don't know if you're just going to give your kid to someone that you don't know. He doesn't even tell you his name. He's wielding a laser sword. I don't know. Maybe that's enough for you to say, take my child. Train them. Um, but, Jory, you would. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Joy. No, no, for sure. I, I mean, like, yeah, just take her. She's, yeah, she. Maybe you can tame her. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we can't do it. Uh, but no, I was just going to add to it. I thought that, um, depending obviously where they go with it, um, if if they want this to be a one-off and no more Luke, um, I'm okay with that. Uh, with the way that they. Um, did it kind of de-aging Mark Hamill and, and, you know, I'm not sure exactly sure how they did everything. Um, but I do feel like they missed the mark if they want to continue because, you know, like it's been said a million times, I mean, you have Sebastian Stan already in Disney, like, and, yeah. and I think it'd be a perfect, you know, if you're going to, uh, you know, you're going to continue the story and, and have like another timeline, you know, that you want to expand on, um, you know, and maybe, maybe Sebastian Stan is just not even interested. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, you know, maybe they, you know, nobody even thought of it, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of think that it, if they are going to continue with some kind of loop timeline that they kind of missed the mark and just either recasting, you know, or, uh, you know something of that nature, but other than that, I loved it. I mean, I still thought that the the de aging of Mark Hamill was was great. Um, you know, I think that you guys kind of agree with that that uh, it was really well done. Other than the mouth, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, don't, still get, don't get Michael started on that. Hey, again, I'm, I'm looking past it because I've come to appreciate the moment. I think more, and 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 I think Joy's raising a valid question. It was. It was so minimal, like he hardly said anything, right? It was just his presence, and, and you recognize his glove and his, and his hilt, and it was cool. Um, so I guess you could, you could if we were going to go do something with, with, uh, with Luke, maybe they can get away with it. But you're right. You're kind of setting a precedent here. Oh, okay. So you're saying maybe this is it. We, were, we just de-aged Mark Hamill, wanted to give him props for coming back, and, and now we're out. And maybe we'll see it in some other form, maybe not a television series, maybe not a movie, maybe a comic book or, or a, 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 a novel or something like that. I think that's a valid valid issue to be raised. Um, I think that yeah. that's I think that's fine. One concern that I had with them doing a – a newer young Luke Skywalker is I didn't want them to set, you know, the expectation that, Oh great. Now we're going to get all these characters to come back in all these TV shows going forward. And we're going to see like a de-aged, you know, Mark Hamill again. I know that they won't do Leia because I think Carrie Fisher's family said, no, don't do that anymore. But I just don't think that it's fair to kind of give people the expectation that you're going to see this more and more going forward. You know, it doesn't really drive, 
our storylines forward, at least not to me. And we have all this new content coming out with the High Republic and stuff like that. And I just feel like it's time to get some new storylines. You know, it's fine to reference these characters and what happened in the past because that's so important. But Or maybe if you do throw uh, Sebastian Stan in there, you're setting a precedent for everyone then saying, hey, we threw in this actor. And then everyone's like, you're going to do a series with Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker? Uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Everyone wants more Luke, but... Uh, yeah, Scotty. Mike, real quick. Yeah. You have to choose one. Hamill's lips or the Cavill mustache? Oh, no. Oh, give me Hamill's lips all day, right? Because that, <laughs> it was just, oh, my God. The Superman, uh, the, just like, it, it was so bad. It was the opening of the freaking film, right? Like, I mean, and he's on TV and Superman's making an appearance and you're just like, that is not his upper lip. That is a oh different God. human's lip. So excited for that to not ever be in it again. I know. And it was that Justice League technically? Yeah. Okay, so maybe... Justice League, actually. It was what? The Justice League. The jo- oh. <laughs> Maybe maybe Snyder's cut will uh, – maybe they'll touch up some of that. I feel like if you're redoing this movie essentially and they're doing reshoots and all that, that you have to fix that. I I don't think that's something they want to stick around. In it at all. Just, like yeah. none of the – not to ramble on about that, but none of the footage from anything we didn't did is supposed to be in this. Wow. So. Okay. See, I love, I love DC and their universe so much. I, we make – Holly's out, but I might have to do a DC podcast. Dude, count me in. <laughs> uh, Rob, a, a big moment here uh, for, for Luke Skywalker and his return. Uh, I, I know we're all fans of it. One thing that made me think, like, Aunt Brew was right. There's, he's a, there's a lot of his father in him. Because those movements alone took me back to Hayden Christensen just slicing down the Trade Federation. It was just – it just I was like, that could have been Hayden under those robes if they wouldn't have revealed uh, who the actor actually was. So what, what did you think of that, man? What did you think of the finale in oh. general? Oh, man. So, I, of course, we've all been online and read a few things. And I loved it. Of course, you know I'm going to say I loved it because I saw Luke in it. Yeah. Now, leading up to that point, I loved the way and the energy, the way that the episode built. You know, like you kept going. You knew they were coming for him. Then you're like... Oh no, the robots! But then they threw up, and I was like, I know they can fly, and they're robots. They're not people. They're yeah. they're just gonna end up flying there. So, you know, I was waiting for them to come back, and then I seen that plane show up. You know, Molly sitting next to me, and I'm like, all right. And they're like, where's the rest of them? I was like, just freaking Luke and I. I was trying to hold back. I was trying to hold back, but those moves were so damn sick. Yeah, they were. They literally every step when he goes through that one door or when he comes out the elevator, if you watch in slow motion how fast he comes through there and then the one puts his hand, you know, on him and he's like, you know, and I think that the whole power and this is where I want to take it back. So when this is happening, this is where actually for me, maybe unlike some people or like others, this is where I think the emotional buildup and teardown started. Uh-huh. So when I was going into it, I was like, oh, it's Luke, it's Luke. I was like, it's Luke. And then you see the hand and you're like, yep, it's definitely Luke. And then you see the moves and you get to that one point where he just catches that robot. And he's just 
crunching him. Yeah. And for that moment, I'm just like, this is even stronger than force choke. This thing was like the way it was just pulling in. And then the final show up and how they went into the whole scene. I'm telling you, it was so sad. Of course, I want to bring up Moff Gideon gutting down Bo-Katan, but yet I, don't, I, th- I, I know that I went back and looked at it and I seen where the shots hit, and I'm pretty sure that I'm accurately saying they did hit the best car. But, man, if you're a Moff, how are you missing that close? Point blank. I think he's sloppy. So, I think the Moff is not as skilled as uh, yeah. and even I think the actor um, I can, never can remember his name Holly Giancarlo yeah yeah Esposito yeah, uh, even he said and I don't know if you guys watched the behind the scenes uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing he even said he's not really kind of skilled he's kind of going in there just kind of hacking with that blade and broke he's more a few of a problems bureaucrat than a exactly I don't know warrior or a soldier or whatever he said. and he did a great job of just kind of kind of portraying that so yeah. I uh, but there's some questions. Yeah, this Bo-Katan hurt now. I think Pescara tracks blaster bolts. Right? It takes it right yeah. to the armor. Yep. Scotty yeah, said it was true. the Force, so. Yeah, true. True. So, uh, yeah, everyone has a Force. So we see we see that happen, and we're like, so when you go back to him fighting before, too, so you guys brought up, there's no way he took this. He had to have stolen it, because what you just said right there, he was sloppy. So if he's sloppy, he must have stole this. We don't know how that's going to go. I got a little something for you guys, too, at the end of this. So when I got to that point where, like Luke says, he's not going to go unless you tell him to, and you get to that, and that's where kind of it really started, and I'm telling you, I'm sitting there with Molly, and I'm like, take off the helmet. He's going to take off the helmet, and I think that's where I started almost losing it, and then like, I I had these wells of tears ready to to stay. He took that mask off. I don't care what anybody said online. I'm going to tell you right now. This is how you bring the pain. We took that mask off. I brought the tears. That's right. Bringing the tears because, like, it's the whole workup. And it, even before the hand touching Grogu's hand touching Jin's face, Din's face, you, I was already in tears. Because I, I have a daughter, I have that attachment. Like most of us with children and everything, you have that attachment stuff to like a dog, a dog, a cat, mm-hmm. anything. Like you have that, you have that touch, you have those moments. That moment was really strong. It hit me hard, and I did cry. I cried. I'm I'm sorry. Like I may be hardcore, but in the end, I'm still a soft dude, and that really worked it for me. And. That's what I think made that episode episode so great. And going forward, here's my thing to all of you. So we talked about how the Mandalore, the Mandalorians are just a creed. You could have different creeds. What if the next epi- next season kind of goes to where there's like a, uh, a power struggle? Like, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't know who's going to be our villain. Who who's going to be? The big baddie now. I mean, is it going to be Moff Gideon? I don't really see that happening. It seems like he's maybe now a prisoner of the New Republic. I feel like I feel like Bo Katan could actually be a bad villain here in a season yeah. three. I, I, Wade, do you have any idea of where where we're going now after this? I mean, yeah, there's the question of the dark saber, but like, are we going to be introduced to more villains? Like, what's going to happen here? Well, it's kind of interesting because I was actually just having this conversation um, with my wife earlier as far as the different clans or the different um, factions of, like, the Mandalorians and their beliefs. Um, It was something I had read online 
with um, saying that Din being a member of the uh, Children of the Watch, they are foundlings that were rescued by the Death Watch clan. Yeah, Death Watch was opposed to the new Mandalorians during the Mandalorian Civil War, and that was Satine and her people. So the Death Watch were trying to bring back the old Mandalorian ways, the constant you know, warring factions and everything like that, whereas Satine and her people wanted that more peaceful, pacifistic existence. Yeah. If you remember back, if I'm correct on this, I think I'm right. Bo-Katan was a member of Death Watch at one point because mm-hmm. she was the one who helped Vizsla get back in to Mandalore, which then resulted in Maul taking over Death Watch yeah. from him. She saw the error of her ways, went back, basically flipped sides, and she's now more adhering to the more... I don't want to say more peaceful, but not the constant, you know, warrior culture that it was before. So, yeah, I think you're going to see a, not necessarily a power struggle, mm-hmm. but a, like a conflict of ideals Yeah, between her and Din, because we've already seen that in the episode where she was first brought in on this season. You know, because the whole thing with, you know, taking off the helmet, oh, you removed your helmet, you're not a true Mandalorian. It's like, yeah. No, no, we are Mandalorians. It's just we have different views from you. It's almost like pitting Protestants against Catholics. Yeah. You know, it all falls under the same umbrella. It's just splinter factions. Yeah, I, and that's going to be interesting, too. If, if there are more foundlings out there that have this kind of, you know, antiquated idea of Mandalore and they kind of go back to these old ways, I mean, the Darksaber may mean nothing. I mean, our Din himself has no idea what this thing means. It means nothing to him. And so there's more of them out there. How exactly is, is Bo-Katan going to rally, you know, people to a cause? It's, it's, it feels like she's putting all of her eggs in this basket of the dark saber. And I've, I've done everything to find it. I will sacrifice everything to find it for, for dominating Mandalore. It's like, who, who, who are you going to rally to your cause? If this has no, this has they, they they don't even know what it is. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, I just I just wanted to say uh, you talked about the dark saber there. So the dark saber and the beskar can clang together like that, and you can fight somebody with the dark saber with the beskar. But could you fight somebody with beskar with a lightsaber? Yeah, I think so. I think it. Yeah, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty much the same. We saw that in the episode of Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. Yep. He was able to, Din was able to block her lightsaber with his armor. So, yep. and isn't the darksaber just a version of the traditional lightsaber? lightsaber? It's just a different variant. Yeah, it just looks looks different. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any difference to it. But yeah, uh, Scotty, I mean, <laughs> how are you going to rally Mandalorians to a cause when half of them maybe don't even know what the hell a darksaber is? It feels like we're going we're gonna to challenge Bo to really... I don't know, maybe look back onto what her sister was doing and not abandon this diplomatic kind of ideal of of a Mandalore. I'm hoping that this really opens up like that Game of Thrones he's talking about. Yeah. Um, John Favreau voiced the guy who is a Vizsla. There's a clan we've heard about before. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And her clan, you technically have... Boba Fett and whatever that whatever he's trying to do like is he really just trying to hang out on Tatooine or you know his father he made it a clear point of who he is and what they are 
So I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that that's where that kind of goes. I want to touch on the Luke thing real fast because I yeah. feel like I was the person who didn't think it was him. Like, I did not think it was him until I literally saw the green saber. Dude, I myself was having, I was just like, no, I got to see the hilt. I got to see the face because I was like, they've thrown so many curveballs, right? I'm like, why is that screen black and white? That could be a white screen. That could be a soap. Like, what's going on right now? And then finally when they showed it, I was like, all right, all right. It's definitely yeah. him. And uh, I want more Cara Dune jokes. Like her, oh, <laughs> X-Wing great we're saved like that's her character like she's they need to like dive into that whole like fighter i don't give a you know um type attitude because i feel like that's the type of attitude that people know her to have but all her other lines are still just like sometimes i'm just like they're not great (laughs) (laughs) i I think they're reeling it in a little i think they're realizing we need to you know play to her strengths and giving an impassioned speech in front of these villagers to fight the empire was not it. That did not work for me. I was not really feeling it. So you're right. Let's play to her strength. Let's put her in some action. Let's, you know, give her some one liners and stuff. She just kind of results to the fist. She results to the weapon. Uh, yeah. I'm all for that. Um, I don't want to see her as like a Drax, you know, kind of, <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. I think she might have yeah. a little more potential, but I, I think you're right. I think there's, they're they're honing it in. They're finding you know if she's going to be in future future seasons. Let's let's figure out what her strengths are. Um, but uh, what was I gonna what was I gonna go to? Okay, so let me let me tell you guys this. I I know we've been talking about on several episodes. Luke could possibly come back. I wasn't a fan of it. I just I felt like it could be too distracting. I was like, man, we we have a really cool story here. I do not want it to distract from. Uh, Grogu and, and and Den and their relationship. Um, and Holly, I, I felt like the way they executed it, I mean, Luke didn't even give his name. Like, the dude had, like, two lines just saying, yeah, he has power. It needs to be harnessed and trained. That was it. Didn't even give his name. I felt like it didn't take too much away from, from that relationship and that emotional moment because the emotion, everyone, like, all these reactions, I see people bawling at just seeing the green lightsaber. I'm like, I didn't have that kind of reaction. I was just like, this is cool. I'm super down, but like, it didn't make me cry. Yeah. And I freaking love Luke Skywalker. It was just, there's some sort of validation there for people. They needed to see that, but I don't feel like it took too much away from our moment with, with Grogu. Maybe you disagree. No, I don't disagree. I think the one thing that I voiced some concerns about is I think that there were a lot of people who were only watching the show because of their baby Yoda. And I yeah. am kind of worried that there wasn't really enough for these people to stick around to watch this third season that's going to come out. Yeah. And so I don't know if bringing Luke Skywalker in at the end is kind of making people think like, oh, maybe we'll get some reappearances from some other characters. I'm going to stick around and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it took away too much of this. I also think that they could have done without even showing his face. I think that the sweaty fans, yeah. if you want to call them that, probably would have still benefited from knowing that that was Luke Skywalker by seeing the X-Wing, the glove, and the green lightsaber. Yeah. Um, and I think that would have been kind of cool. But Yeah. Yeah, it, it worked. I could have seen it going that way, too. Yeah, just not even because the voice was fantastic. They definitely did something there to – to to DH's voice, I don't know what they did, but uh, it doesn't even seem. I don't. You guys watch the Mandalorian behind the scenes. It doesn't look like 
that many people on set knew that was happening because they I don't even think they have any kind of b-roll for the behind the scenes stuff of Mark Hamill coming in that shit was closed doors there's probably a few people and they can't even edit the footage because there was no footage of that now yeah Jory no I was just gonna say um like playing off of uh, you know, t- taking away from uh, the story, I actually thought that the ending with Grogu and Din um, and that that goodbye, like mm-hmm. I thought that that actually almost took the show. I mean, I you can't say it took the show because um, what they did with Luke was pretty badass. Yeah. Um, but the actual emotional connection that you saw and. And even he didn't even really say much at the end as far as um, uh, Din yeah. and just just the 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 emotion in Pedro's face, you know, and, and everything you could you could tell. And especially um, and, and I don't mean to sound this way because I know people that don't have kids can still feel that emotion. But like you, it really hits you as as a parent to to see that and then to have that that almost uh, like. If I never saw my kid again, like you know, like yeah. how, how do you do that, you know? And and it, and it brings even more emotion into you. So no, I, I thought it was it was really well done, and uh, I thought it, it it hit home really really well, especially for parents. Yeah, there's and there was a nice echo to to Luke and his father mm-hmm. uh, from Shmi and Anakin. There was so much that they were just alluding to in that moment, and you're you're right, Jory. Just like having that face-to-face contact with a baby a child is so important for them to to learn those mannerisms and just like who you are i mean he obviously has an attachment with amanda now but like he needed that he needed that final this is your face this is you're my person like i will come back and maybe he'll be some full-fledged jedi when we see him again well, i mean he promised. that would be cool he did he promise him that he would see him again that's right that feels like a promise to the fans that you're gonna see grogu at some point uh, I, I'm totally down. And maybe that's in the chronicles of Ben Solo and Grogu Skywalker. I don't know. Maybe he'll take his name. Maybe he's Grogu Jaren. I, I don't know. Scotty? You're muted, by the way. <laughs> that dang mute. I was going to say, what if, like, uh, like Grogu could learn some abilities we don't even know about, and he might be able to just find Din now because he's had that eye-to-eye connection with him, and, like, they may have a deeper bond than we know about. Ahsoka's kind of hinted at it already. Like, I don't I don't know. There's going to be abilities that we've never seen. That's kind of all. What if... What if Din is kind of force sensitive, kind of in the way Han Solo was, and like, like I talked to you about Star Wars Galaxies, not everybody in that game at first could become a Jedi. It was a rating that kind of you had to when you did your force check. Me and my brother-in-law, I was two steps ahead of him in the force check because for some reason at that point in the game, the way you put your stats in allowed you to become. A Jedi, or become closer to becoming a Jedi. I know this makes no sense, but it, maybe it's like that. Maybe it's like each Luke could sense the Force in Din, but in so could Ahsoka. But that's why they said, you know, I wanted to say this too. I wanted to allude this too. In the end, why he could give Grogu up is because I think to a Mandalorian completing their mission is the number one objective. 
Yeah, he stuck to his word, right? Like he said he's going to do it, and he repeated that several times throughout the season. Like, I said I'm going to do this. We're going to get it done. And he did. He lived up to it. He didn't realize he was going to form such connections. It was going to make it so difficult. It wasn't just a job to him, but he did accomplish it. And I, I don't know. I, I – I enjoy a st- I, as much. I'm I'm in Star Wars. What what brought me in was the philosophy, uh, uh, the Jedi, and, and all that good stuff. But the more I see Star Wars without the Force and, and the and the, and this this power, the more I like it because it's such a rich universe. It's bigger than the Force. It's bigger than Force wielders. Um, I thought Rogue One was a fantastic example of that. Yeah, you're gonna see the the little you know, moments with Vader. And it, that was epic. It didn't make the movie for me. It was awesome. It tied into episode four. It didn't make the movie. So I think it's such a bigger universe. I'm here for it. But there are some concerns. I think even our in-house, you know, Luke Elder even has some concerns because like me, he got into the lore of, of the Jedi. And, and that's that feels like Star Wars. And, and it is, I think, let's say episode or season three, we start going in a direction where the force sensitive. We're not going. We had that. You got Ahsoka. You had Luke. Now we're moving towards a more a, a Mandalorian creed. What what does that mean? Let's let's really delve into that more of what this culture is. Brent, is that something that's gonna? I know you're gonna watch it because you're a diehard. But is that uh, is that something that could dissuade people who you know Star Wars to them is laser swords and lifting rocks? Is that something that maybe is going to turn some fans off that were here for it? I, it's entirely possible. Um, I mean, I think, you know, especially with the baby Yoda factor, um, that's going to be a tough one to, you know, yeah. what do you, what do you really replace that with? Cause you know, as Jory was saying, as a parent, you know, that moment was just, I mean, it, it, it hits all the right spots. I mean, it's like you just, you know, you just gave away your daughter at her marriage, you know, at her wedding and your son went off to college all in the same day. Yeah. I mean, from a parent's <laughs> point of view, I mean, that's basically what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's only known him for like, you know, maybe a year yeah. at this point in time. And, you know, he's got that sort of a bond. Um, so, I mean, that emotional attachment is it's going to be a tough one to follow. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's going to go, it's going to change path, you know, quite a bit um, with just the overall feel of the show. And, you know, I mean, it, unless he's what, he's going to go find another kid randomly or whatever, replace him. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, that seems a little, you know, what are you doing that for? And I think, you know, with everything else that's coming out, you know, we're only going to have to hold over for a year or two. You know, we're going to get Kenobi, so we'll get the Force stuff back here before too long. Yeah. So I think, you know, that aspect of it, you know, it's going to hold people over. Um, we're going to get the badass Boba, then we're going to get the badass Mambo, and then we're going to get our Force stuff with Kenobi, and that'll finish up. And then by that point in time, we'll get Cassie and Andor, and, you know, and then everything else is going to be coming in line. We'll have Ahsoka back. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we'll be in Season 5 of the Mando and whatever's going on with that. And maybe but then Grogu's back. Um, you know, it's really tough to tell, but you know, the way that they brought in Luke, I thought it was pretty bitching. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to say, um, I was hoping they would, you know, just for craziness sake that they wouldn't go with Luke. Um, but when yeah. you think about Jet, I said, you know, at this point in time, you have Luke, you have Ahsoka, which yep. we were introduced to, you have Cal, which, you know, unless you're playing video games, you don't know who he is. And we don't also, until we get Fallen Order 2, we don't know who the outcome of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Great. And point. then you have. You have Ezra, who, I mean, yeah, he escaped with Thrawn in the Star Destroyer, but then again, at the same time, he was alone, and he escaped with Thrawn in the Star Destroyer that was fully occupied with Stormtroopers. So, you know, more than likely, he's been captured since he went to hyperspace with the whales. Absolutely. And, you know, and then you start thinking about, you know, you get into the EU, 
because they've obviously shown that they like to pull from the EU. And you think about what Thrawn was doing in his original series in the Heir to the Empire back in 30 years ago, mm-hmm. where it takes place about 10 years after, you know, A New Hope. And he's in charge of protecting a secret research facility in the middle of nowhere, which they already blew up Scarif, so they need to have a new secret research facility. Yep. And there was cloning involved, and now there's cloning involved. So, you know, it, it makes, a, you know, there's a lot of things that you can pull back into, and you just replace all the original trilogy characters, so you don't have to bring back Mara Jade, which would, you know, just send people all sort of, the, you know, in an uproar. <laughs> because if you don't do it the same way that they want to see it done, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, but then you replace it all with the Rebels characters. So Ahsoka takes the place of Mara Jade, she goes, she helps Ezra, and who's being cloned and stuff like that, and you can tie a lot of stuff in right there. Um, and just slide the basically take the entire story imported over and you know there's a lot of things you can do with that um so it's kind of interesting and you know honestly that whole announcement from disney that we got a couple weeks ago was i've been waiting for since 1983 let's for 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 ilm lucas anybody to go yeah we're gonna have star wars for the next 25 years and this will be coming every two months i'm like cool bring it on i'm done (laughs) Yeah, it felt like it was going to happen at some point, and, and I, I think maybe there's there's obviously some course correction, and 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 the streaming service is working. Why not? It's a little cheaper. We can pull them. Like the one thing I think I learned from the uh, the Mandalorian behind the scenes is that they have two teams working these things simultaneously. They even mentioned they've got a a, a second assistant director. Like they've got two teams. Like they're this is a machine. They're pumping out stuff like quickly. Um, I think some of the behind the scenes stuff that we saw um, for Boba Fett, I think they had masks on and everything. You know they're filming this stuff right now, um, so there's there's a lot that's happening. Um, I'm excited for it, and I'll tell you this right now: there's a couple things that I didn't think I needed that the Mandalorian kind of proved to me that worked. One was I didn't think Luke Skywalker needed to be in the Mandalorian. It worked. I was I was proven wrong. The second thing was the return of Boba Fett. Holly, I didn't oh think I needed God. it. I kind of was like, mm, you know what? He's he looks cool. I, I was a part of that. I was a part of that clan. The Boba Fett looks cool, but how you much can he actually offer? A Boba hater. I maybe maybe uh, Wade. You're you're a fan of Boba, yes? Let me put it to you this way: I was never that big of a Boba Fett fan. Yeah, he always kind of seemed to me as that like. <clears throat> understated, underrated character. Yeah. Like, we didn't get anything from him. He was just that mysterious guy in the background, but he was always the fan favorite for that reason because there was so much speculation behind him and, you know, what are his motives? You know, what's he all about? But, yeah. Honestly, the fact that they brought him back now into season two of The Mandalorian, it's like, I want more. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, sign me up. Book of Boba Fett. Let's go. I am on board. And it made sense watching that behind the scenes. Is it Robert Rodriguez? Mm-hmm. Is that who did yeah, his his episode? He said the only point I, the only thing I'm trying to accomplish is that Boba Fett is back. Put an exclamation mark on it. That's that was his point of coming in and I, I I adored the fact that he went home and filmed his kids in the scene. He, that shows dedication to wanting it to be right. Um, and he did a great job. And, and I think after watching it, I was like, yeah, this this makes a lot of sense. And, and the only reason I thought, if you're going to bring Boba Fett back, we said this on many podcasts ago, Holly, is he can't just be the same Boba Fett. 
Right. If he is, he's boring. Uh-huh. If he's here to just, you know, seek revenge for getting his armor, well, that's boring. I, I have a spiteful, you know, Boba Fett is nothing new. <laughs> we saw that in the Clone Wars, and that was fine. But he's got to be different. He needs to be a changed man. And, boy, that's what we got, this evolution of Boba Fett. We're seeing what seemed to be a hero. It didn't just seem like a, hey, you saved my life. He seems to actually do the right thing now when it needs to be done. But then he shows up at, at Bib Portuna's palace oh, yeah. and sits on the throne. Looks like he's maybe power hungry. So maybe that we, maybe we were kind of misled and we're going to get a little darker Boba. It's all relative. It's all relative. Uh, Scotty. I think we're getting that anti-hero angle. Yeah. It's like he's kind of walking his own path. He's doing his own thing. Yep. And he's not necessarily bound by anyone's rules. I think, yeah, and I think we're going, the way we saw Din in the beginning of The Mandalorian, the first season, that's, this is going to be the feel of Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett. It's going to be, I think it's going to be even a little darker. Uh, him and Finnick are going to have to, you know, I don't know if they're there just to clean up Tatooine or uh, I don't know what other revenge he needs at this point, yeah. but maybe well, Mace Windu will be in the book of Boba Fett. I I'm just saying that's that would be a weird twist. I think that I think that something that the Mandalorian this season did really well was that, you know, in the original trilogy and the prequels, we get a lot of black and white. We get a lot of good guys, bad guys. And I think season two of the Mandalorian is kind of showing you that gray area where it's like yeah. they're not bad guys. Maybe they're not good guys or just people trying to make their way in the galaxy. A simple man. Yeah. But I, I like that angle because it's kind of like. You want to like them, you want to hate them. You're not really sure how you feel. You like them sometimes, you hate them sometimes. That's relatable. Yeah. It's just, I, I cannot believe they pulled that off in a couple of episodes. He's only in a couple of episodes. But they really made you be like, man, yeah, he's kind of a dick, but I feel for him. What did he do there on Tatooine? What was he, did he find a shaman? Like, what the hell was he doing to just kind of get himself back to zero and and not seem so spiteful? But, I mean, maybe... Maybe that was just to get the armor back. I, I don't know. But what what else are you guys excited about? We got a ton revealed. Scotty? Yeah, sorry, Scotty. No, two things real quick. Yeah. Um, talk back about you were saying how they're churning out shows and stuff. Yeah. I, don't know if I watched the entire, like, Investor Day thing. Yeah. So, ten Star Wars shows, ten Pixar, ten Marvel. They built four of those volumes. Yeah. So the ones... In the in the behind the scenes, there is going to be four of them out there now. So, if you have a movie that wants to be made or a show, you better start scheduling your time now. That's yeah. gonna book up fast. Yeah. Um, the Boba Fett thing, I thought it was amazing how they like he brought his native yes. dance style into the fighting. So now we know for a fact that like anyone who's Clan Boba going down the line, like that you're going to be trained and that will be a form they fight in. Like I loved that. Yeah. Loved that. Yeah, that that behind the scenes was a game changer. I want more. I don't think we're getting more, but that I love that stuff and it it's amazing how much I mean, everyone's giving so much credit to John Favreau and Dave Filoni and they should. I mean, they're the creators of this, but the amount of influence that each director and even each leading actor is having on this show, just it's just kind of organically happening episode by episode. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that, and I get it, I'm biased, it's a Star Wars, but I could not believe, like, 
Robert Rodriguez was like, I shot this scene in my, you know, my backyard. And they're like, this is awesome. Like you're using like action figures to like, this is amazing. You had your sons. And it, like, you could see the vision there and it, it all came kind of, it just became something beautiful. And, well, and the amount like, of influence they have is crazy. Hot. It's like not even just that, but it's the people who are like working the sets and creating the designs and the costumes. Like they yeah. all get an input and they all get heard. And, there's a lot of influence from stuff that George Lucas did back in the 70s and the 80s yeah. that they're pulling into these stories now that I think, you know, it's phenomenal that these set designers are like, hey, but look at this. Yeah. And it's just like, it's insane how much Ralph McQuarrie and his concept art has defined Star Wars since the beginning and continues to to this day. It just feels like there's unlimited potential to tap into and just and to, to like the spiders and that, and that ice planet, like that was his original concept, but it was on Dagobah. And they're just like, that looks like an ice spider. Let's put it on this planet. And it worked. It's just like insane stuff. But uh, so there we did. We got 10 Star Wars projects at this point. Who knows? There could be more. We never we never know. Um, but I want to go around the horn and see what you guys are excited most for. Is it the Boba Fett show? Is it the Acolyte? Is it... Is it uh, the uh, the Rogue Squadron movie? Is it the the, the Rangers? What, uh, wait, let's start with you. I want to see what, what what you're mo- most excited about in the next ten years of Star Wars. A number one thing that I'm actually most excited for is, and this is probably going to come as no shock to anybody else. It's actually the Obi Wan series. Let's go. Give me more Kenobi. Yeah. Absolutely, he's always been my favorite Jedi one of my favorite characters out of the entire franchise. Absolutely. Definitely excited for Kenobi. Um, excited for the book of Boba Fett. Um, I want to know more about the acolyte yeah. because the only time we've ever heard that particular phrase acolyte is in reference to the acolytes of the beyond from the aftermath series. Yep. So are we going to get something from more of a Sith angle? And I know Brent's got my back on this one. That could be absolutely exciting to see things, you know, more on the dark side of things as opposed to constantly just staying on the uh, light. It looks like Scotty's agreeing with me on this one. <laughs> so, I, I think a lot of us are on board for that. Yeah, just there, there's there's an appeal where you're talking kind of a thriller kind of. Did they say was that the one that they said was going to kind of be like a little bit like horror esque? you're kind of getting that vibe kind of more like a thriller kind of thing, I think. But yeah, the dark side isn't in big time. Star Wars isn't, you know, we, we, we don't delve into it too much. So you're right. Like let's see the foundations. We all know the legends backstory and the rule of two and stuff, but like there's more going on there. Are are we really going to get a fleshed out, you know, you know, uh, a version of Darth Plagueis that's going to be canonized. I, I don't know. I freaking love the Darth Plagueis book. I, I think that's cool. That happens so close, though, to the Phantom Menace. So, like, Plagueis' death happens essentially right before the mm-hmm. Phantom Menace, if not during the Phantom Menace. So, yeah. it well, may be even before all of that. They talk about it a little bit in the Rise of Skywalker they novelization, do. too. They bring Palpatine is talking about Plagueis and how he feels about what Plagueis was doing. And mm. I don't know, it was very interesting to read. Oh, a, a little plug, Holly. I know a little club. plug. I mean, that's going to be the next book club book. Uh, uh, very excited about that one. But uh, Scotty, we're going around the horn. The next few years of Star Wars, what are you most excited for? Well, I was going to say come to me last. We're coming to you last. Brent, uh, you're, what, what are you looking forward to most? I mean, Obi-Wan, a big favorite, but what do you, what do you, what do you want 
Oh, I mean, well, aside from everything, I mean, the Acolyte, <laughs> I'm extremely interested in. <clears throat> I mean, they said it's going to be 50 years, you know, uh, the end of the High Republic, which takes place between 100 to 50 years before New Hope. So that's that's the Plagueis in the Palpatine timeline. Yeah. Um, and that whole training aspect, maybe a little bit of Tenebus if you start, you know, if, if it follows the Plagueis book yeah. and you actually stick with his old master and they bring that back in, um, then, you know, you get that whole setup and, and honestly, there was a, um, I don't remember what it was called, but there was a, there was a legends book that I was reading where it was, it was based on the Sith. It was, you know, 10,000 years back in the day, uh, like old school Sith, but it was basically like reading the horror novel yeah. and just set in the Star Wars universe. And if they can pull that off, I'm totally down because I mean, instead of Freddy coming after you with the chainsaw, you just got a lightsaber instead. So it totally works. I mean, how can you go wrong? Absolutely. I love that. I told Michael from the very beginning, I was like, when do we do a true crime mashup with Star Wars? And then he was yeah. like, it's kind of like they are giving you a little bit of what you asked for. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm The way I was reading a little bit of the, uh, who wrote the Plagueis book? Big time Star Wars author. Why am I forgetting? Is that Luceno? Yes, James Luceno. Yep. The way he just wrote, <laughs> just the way... And I'm thinking of, you know, this is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't read the book. Uh, just I read her some of when Palpatine is is slowly killing Plagueis and just the way he's describing everything to him and, and his just there's no pity at all. It was just uh, I've been planning this all along. You were a pawn in my game. It's just like this. Oh, my God. Put that on film. I want to see. Dark. I want to see this dark, just maniacal you know, side of Star Wars we really haven't seen uh, before. I think it's 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 prime material for a television series that can keep you, that can have big time cliffhangers and 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 just the drama of it all. I think it's just it's perfect for it. And I this could be a trend now. We could be you know seeing something. They didn't give us a lot of information either, which feels right. kind of intentional. Um, so you're right. That's that's one that I think so many are excited about because it is so unknown. Yeah. Rogue Squadron, we have an idea maybe what we're getting. It's not going to be the same as the book, but, you know, we have an idea with the Rangers, maybe what we could be getting with the New Republic. But this just, as much as we know about the dark side and, and, and the EU, this is different. This is this is going to be something, this is this is untapped. Uh, yeah. And Visions is the other one I'm really excited about. Yeah. The, uh, the anime, just because it's something we haven't really had properly in Star Wars. And, you know, I, I'm really curious to see how they pull that off and yeah. what it goes with. Some of these short Star Wars stories are the most effective because they're poignant and it's just like there's the point and that's why I like the comics so much because they get to the point and uh, it's 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 a great form of storytelling so I think this could be uh, winning over a lot of anime fans hopefully and bringing them into Star Wars but uh, Jory how about you man I think uh, not to be a dead horse but uh, the acolytes uh, I actually have a little bit of a theory on that Let's go. on what it what it could be. Um, because when you get in, I believe it was the aftermath when it talked about the acolytes of the beyond, um, or maybe it wasn't aftermath. I don't, I don't remember exactly what books, uh, but they were, uh, kind of like Vader fanboys and, uh, you know, and, and they were, they were always striving to, you know, for, for Vader relics and things like that. So, um, and knowing when or approximately when this timeline is, I wonder in our High Republic days if we're going to maybe not necessarily run into a Sith, but um, in a different point of view in the story, 
um, see kind of what's going on with the dark side mm-hmm. and see maybe the fall of a Sith Master. Oh, yeah. And then these acolytes are kind of, once again, kind of his fanboy, you know, and then seeing just the opposite side of it. Um, you know, I just, I've just kind of like spitballing and seeing what, you know, the possibilities, once again, I think the possibilities are endless, um, as to what that story could be. Um, and, and I just thought that, that was pretty cool. I also thought that, uh, there was another one. What was the other? Oh my goodness. So the range, no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rangers of the new Republic. Yeah. Um, because uh, we know or we've been told that it's going to kind of correlate with the Mandalorian. And I thought it would be kind of cool if it was kind of running side by side with Mando. Yeah. Um, kind of like, and I don't know if you guys watch it or not, but like Grey's Anatomy and uh, Station 19, they run like correlating shows yeah. like, where you watch one and it really ties right into the other. Um, I thought it would be kind of cool if they did something like that with Star Wars um, where, you know, you uh, maybe you have to watch. You don't have to, but it really helps with the, with the overarching story if you watch, you know, this week's episode of Rangers and then you watch this week's episode of Mando afterwards. Um, you know, just to kind of like if if you don't watch it, there's still this storyline that you get, but it enhances the, the overall story. It makes the makes everything kind of bigger um, in a. In a uh, kind of a longer we get a little bit more content if we want to watch both shows at the same time um just kind of thought that that'd be pretty cool if if it does do something like that yeah absolutely i i there's so much untapped potential with the new republic too right like it was what a poor introduction to the new republic in the force awakens i get it wasn't the whole you know point of the movie but it's just like oh there's this republic and now it's gone okay well they just all of it's gone and we have no idea what they were doing okay so it's it'll be nice to see um and we've gotten little you know tidbits of it we've seen that in resistance we've seen um the new republic kind of elsewhere in star wars but not 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 really properly flushed out so i i'm here for that as well cuz that needs to be explained we need a little more it could be a little, you know, political. It could be a little edgy like that, but it feels like we're probably going to get more, you know, those heroes out there in the X-Wings, which could make for some awesome combat. I'm totally down for that. Fighting the New Republic or fighting the, the First Order, I'm super down for that. It sounds like they have their hands full. It doesn't seem like it was such an easy, you know, uh, acquisition of power. Um, and I like what you're saying about the Accolade with, with these, you know, maybe these Accolades, they, they are these kind of relic collectors. There's a book... Yeah, it's a it's it's probably for a little younger audience, but the Force Collector that I just recently finished, I freaking loved that book. Um, you know, there wasn't a ton of twists and turns, but man, just the I I, I think you guys should pick it up. Just the idea, this kid, he, he's Force sensitive, uh, but he he knows that you know he's not meant to be a Jedi. He, he he's meant to be kind of this librarian of the Jedi and to preserve history. And it was such a flippin' fantastic story. Sometimes you're not always going to be the hero. And I freaking loved that. He knew his, he knew what his, his role was going to be, and this is how he was going to uh, just, you know, do the right thing for the galaxy. It was such a cool story, and so I could see the opposite of that with these acolytes, and how are they preserving Sith history? Are they, where are they conjuring up some dark magic? Like, could we, could we even tap into the Night Sisters? Like, that'd be kind of some cool stuff. Holly? I'm into that. Why didn't we get a Night Sisters show? That makes me mad now Let's that I think it. about it. How in the hell are you not having a Night Sisters show? I don't 
Did I just rip my cable out of my headphones? Too. Oh, sorry. Go so ahead, Rob. It's Fallen Order Part Two, man. Yeah. Fallen Order Part Two. That's 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 where you're gonna get your 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 night sister story. So this is what they're gonna do. They're gonna tag all all of us into all these other shows in this movie. Of course, that we'll get to in a second. But they're gonna tag you into that, and then this will give them a little bit more time to maybe work them in. I mean, of course, they've worked them into other stories, but I think that ultimately. That may be one of the most unexplained things in the canon Star Wars because you didn't get a lot in EU as well, and you're not getting a lot right now. But with that game, you're getting a lot into their ways. Like, Marin really, really, really broke it down on how their whole civilization lived and going back to Mother going back and just you learned a lot of that from Clone Wars now you're learning about it there but you're not learning about that but I'm going to throw in we all need to really give ourselves a pat on the back Always. we were so close on how this Mandalorian season was going to pull out yep, everybody self high five <laughs> We were so close. Like, I, like I think I was. I think if we go back, I think I said Ahsoka six. She came in five. Like, like there were so many. Like all of our minds together made this. And this again, why flying casual is so amazing because we have so many people that have different angles, different minds, different books read, and that we're able to put some things together and do that. And I think that when Brent was talking about the EU, it goes back to how I replaced Abeloff with. You know, Emperor Palpatine, and then where do we go from there? And I think that Disney is creating their future, as we have all talked about on this show constantly. And I think that Boba Pet, Boba, yeah, Boba Pet, Boba Fett, he's just that cool dude that people make excuses to love. Like I love him. I like that he t- he took over the throne in Jabba's palace. I think he deserves it, but I think that going forward, that's where all that might go with the book. Maybe the book is during his time up to this point, so we don't know, but I just want to go off of my uh, my show's visions. I'm very curious about that because when I – visions, the first thing I think of is, you know, force ghosts and things like that. Maybe, maybe visions is just like a force ghost show where they all have coffee around a table and they just talk about like how all the alive Jedi and Sith are mucking stuff up. And it's like – but the most thing I'm so happy to see is Rogue Squadron. Yeah. If you know one of the coolest, one of the, one of the my top five video games of the Star Wars galaxies was was Rogue Squadron Part Two, because it took place. The story that is took place from the end of Death Star One to the end of Death Star Two, and that. All the Battle of Hoth, when I, you know, you constantly get the Hoth battle brought into this, going through that story. So for me, I want to know when this movie's going to take place. I haven't really did much research into it, but I want I don't think that this movie can take place around the Mandalorian timeline because I don't know how much of the Rogue Squadron was left after that. But I know that if they do the Rogue Squadron just right, we should get wedge we should get wedge we should get what wedge did you know we know about wedge and all the books and everything that we've read but i want to know more about wedge and i think that rogue squadron only being a movie not not a series though so there has to be 
some kind of catch on how they're going to do this. And the way that I think they're going to do this, it's just my opinion. I think all of you already know where I'm going with this. This is going Rogue One, and this is going Solo. It's going to be a dark. You're going to see a lot oh, yeah. of dark cameras used, of course, because they're going to be in, in space. Uh, maybe a Top Gun kind of feel. But I think in the end, I'm very curious how they're going to portray this movie because we know that has been the next game. And the current game that Disney decided to go behind was the Squadrons, Rogue Squadrons. Great story. When does it exist? I want to see it. And like we've mentioned before, this is the universe from another angle. Going back to the last episode of The Mandalorian, when you heard that in that imperial officer or whatever you want to call him talk about the death of all of his friends on that death star again that's that's what i got man yeah we could definitely get a you know kind of a squadrons feel to to this you may get multiple you may get the other side is this may not just be about uh, our rogue squadron you may get a little that 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 empire and, and and i'm down for that i'm always down to see a little behind the scenes of the empire and, and what's going on and and yeah i think that was something we didn't really even appreciate too much in our review of the the season finale was that opening scene uh with those two pilots and and just how you know different these pilots were like they're in such a different headspace one's just like i'll leave on a dime the other one's like i will die with the empire that's in the same cockpit that's just that's that's crazy um but and what's also is interesting uh holly we just watched wonder woman 1984 we did uh patty jenkins most recent release gonna be interesting to see how people uh spoilers how are expecting Uh, no spoilers for sure um i i enjoyed it holly not so much um, divided house. Um, so we'll we'll see. You know how, how excited people are when this when this comes out. Can I ask? Is it because of the villain? Is it because of the villain? No, I, I don't think so. I think it's just it, some of it could be. Um, I don't know. I, I what I don't no like is she's out. You know, she's out kind of throwing the 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 uh, the um, production company under the bus right now. I really didn't like that. O- own your film. This was your film. This wasn't, you know, someone else. I-, I hate when they do that. Well, they wanted me to do this. It's like, no, it was yours. You were the director. Uh, Holly, what are you looking forward to most? Is it is it Boba Fett? No. Um, I don't know. I, I actually don't feel like I have processed any of the titles. I know we've talked about it a lot, but mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I've like sat down and thought about it. Cause I feel like we've had a lot going on just with our podcast here with mm-hmm. finishing the Mandalorian and doing the books and deciding mm-hmm. those. So I don't, I don't know. I think the acolyte just because I think like everyone else said, like Jory said, I feel like I'm being a dead horse now, but I just kind of, I like those darker films and TV shows and I kind of like that sketchy feel and I think that they have the opportunity to do that just based on what we the little that we know Mm -hmm. Um, but I also like what Rob was saying about you know maybe the squadrons movie is going to have that like top gun feel but have like those darker scenes in them with the way that it's filmed because like he said we're in outer space and it's a little bit grittier and Mm -hmm. I don't know I think we know Patty Jenkins style and she's doing this so I think that it will have a really good fast pace I I like that I like it when things are really fast so I think that oh I've learned I've definitely you confirmed that this weekend uh, we're supposed to have a a Star Wars saga marathon (laughs) Holly was so down she's like I don't ever really get to sit down and watch the prequels so I'm, I'm excited to start there 
Fantastic. We get through Phantom Menace, and then I think we're probably a few minutes into Attack of the Clones, and I just see Holly losing interest. There's phone use, and I'm just like, should we just turn it off? So it's it's difficult keeping Holly around for a marathon, but you're I, right. Yeah, I'll say this. I'm not yeah. a big movie person, which yeah. I know we have nine Star Wars movies, yeah. so I don't really get super excited about the movies. So I am... I am interested to see what these series are going to look like as they come out on Disney+. Plus. You're just excited there's Star Wars television now, pretty yes. much, is what yes, you're I saying. Like, give me 20 minutes. My attention's there, all 20 minutes, and then I'm off doing something else. I'm painting, I'm saving the world, whatever you're doing. Sure. Now, I will say, other thing about the Acolytes, I'll be the single hero on this podcast. That's fine. That's fine. We can have a whole panel of villains. That's fine. I'll just hold the light. You guys can, can go to the dark side. Oh, you want the Bad Batch? No one said anything about Bad Batch. Not very excited about the Bad yeah. Batch. I mean, it looks cool. No, Michael's all about the capes. He's looking forward to Lando. Absolutely. <laughs> no one said anything about that either. See, I'm just, I just, I, I think it'll be cool. I'm going to watch it, obviously, but I'm just, you know, that and the Bad Batch. I don't know if we needed a Bad Batch. They were cool. I thought they served their purpose. It'll be interesting to see how some clones survive the purge and, and what's what are they... What are they forced to do in killing their brothers? I think that can be interesting. I would have preferred to see that kind of with, you know, our other heroes, like Rex and them, and maybe we will at some point, but I didn't really need to see that from the Bad Batch. I'm not really attached to them too much. Did I say the Bad Batch? The Bad Batch. The Bad Batch. Um, so the other thing about the Acolytes, though, that I'm excited about is I like yeah, – it's great to blow up Star Wars and let's learn new stuff. I like the dark side because you can focus on a couple characters – that's why I liked like Bane's books so much, and and and, and the Rule of Two, and, and you're focusing on a couple characters in this big galaxy, but there's so much potential to develop a character. And so, if we are going to follow some, I mean, they may not be Sith, but I feel like you're probably not out there just letting it be known that you're, you know, finding Sith relics and you're, you know, praising the dark side. That doesn't seem like people are just out there doing that openly. So I'm down if we're just focusing on a few people in this galaxy and really getting to know them and to develop some characters because sometimes you try to pack too much stuff in. And that was one of the big problems with the sequels. It's just you try to pack so much stuff and introduce so many people into a limited amount of time. Um, the dark side tends to be able to focus on characters and really de- develop them out, and especially in a television series. TV shows, yeah. Yeah, freaking Grey's Anatomy and shit. I mean, that's now I know what Jory's watching when he's <laughs> not watching Disney+. Plus. So maybe we need to have a freaking, you know, uh, a Grey's Anatomy, you know, podcast. watch. Or podcast. I'm down. What are they on, season 20, Jory? Yeah, I... I I think it's like seventeen or eighteen. That's I don't know. My wife, my wife got me hooked into it. And oh, do you, do yeah, it's it, 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 that's a whole other conversation. We we actually just talked about. It. I'm like, all these shows I watch are because of you. You don't watch any of my shows. I just watch all your shows. That's and then okay. I get hooked, and then they become <laughs> it's whatever. But uh, no, just adding on to the acolyte thing too. I think it just. It, I think it's really. Uh, interesting to a lot of us because of the fact that um star wars isn't really pov but any kind of pov that we do get is Fra- always on yeah. the right side Fra- mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. always on the yeah. right side so, so uh so so getting that other side and i think that's what appeals so much especially like you were talking about um and i i don't like bringing it up because i brought it up so many times but like the bane series for me like like yeah. you just said it was just so good because um you got to see you know, the mindset behind it. And, and I know in, in TV, you can't really always get inside their heads. Um, 
but you know you do get a general idea and sense of 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 what they want and and how you know how they're thinking and um we just don't have a lot of that in Star Wars, so so the acolyte I think just appeals to a lot of us because of the fact that it's almost uh, it's almost a mystery. Um, you know, we know what Palpatine wants to do. Obviously, we know what Vader wants to do, but like we don't get a lot of those behind um, the big moments, I guess you'd say, to really get to pick their brain. Um, other than obviously in, in books and in, in comic books, um, but. You know, getting that on on TV would be pretty cool for us. Yeah, they're they're out there, Holly. They're guarding Vader's castle, pretty much, weren't they? Or they were guarding the uh, tomb with the web of ice bog. Oh yeah. Boy, need to watch, read that comic. You need to read that comic again. Need to get caught up on the the latest uh, release of Darth Vader. But uh, yeah, it's 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 super super appealing to us. Uh, Scotty, have you got your definite lists ready? Yeah, yeah. Going last might be a mistake. And touch on what everybody just said too. <laughs> um, uh, Jory mentioned how like shows could do the Grey's Anatomy interplay. I feel like it's kind of going to do that, but because they're not going to film and release them simultaneously, it'll be like Andor leading into the Rangers. If that picks up as soon as the Death starts, mm. like Andor is going to lead up into Rogue One, and then the Death Star explosion happens, and then new the Rangers of the New Republic happens. I feel like that's kind of maybe where they'll go with that. Um, I think Visions will be probably the most slept on. Yeah. I feel like a lot of slept on Galaxy or um, those cartoon uh, Galaxy of Adventures or whatever, mm-hmm. where they did the movie scenes. Those were really well done. Yeah. And this is in an anime style. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Castlevania or um, the new one I just saw was Blood of the Gods. It's like a Thor anime, but nice. all both very good, gory, but um, you know, definitely not kid friendly. And then, um, you know, the accolades definitely my my top one because of the era that it's in. It's supposed to take place between like the New Focus, the High Republic, and right before the prequels. Um, I don't know if you guys own the Book of the Sith, but there is a whole chapter on Mother Talzin and the Night Sisters. Mm. She. She's wicked old. She could definitely come up in that show. These are emerging dark side powers. Let's go. Supply on purpose. So um, the High Republic is like the era of the light side, light side, light side. We all know there's balance. Mm-hmm. There's. Um, and then I have a theory about, oh, and uh, Accolades of the Beyond, too. That's all aftermath. They've pulled from there. The biggest thing with those guys through me reading the trilogy is they're literally saying that they're trying to return lightsabers to their masters in death. So like they're finding like, why are they doing that? Like, what is the purpose there? So I feel like maybe they could touch on some of that. And then that brings me to like this, like the helmet of moment pops up in all of the comics. Palpatine was told by the helmet to show it to Vader. If he never did that, we never get Vader's castle. Yeah. It's all in the comic. And then I'm like, I'm seeing all the images of these High Republic Jedi, right? And they're all lined up, the colors of their sabers, everything. And then I have like this Twilight Zone, like, <laughs> this comic. So, and I don't know if you guys will be able to see it per se, but there's two pages I want to show you. There's two Jedi right here. Yep. They find Momin. 
kill him. You know, the helmet is there. And it ends with just this. Yeah. Creepy. So was that, like, I'm not saying it was a High Republic Jedi that found moment, but, you know, this helmet is still around. It is being passed. Like, you put this thing on, it possesses you. You become moment. So is he still out there during that? Like, this is, is this his birth? You know, Lady Shaw is the other Sith in it. We don't know anything about her. I just really hope that because Charles Soule wrote this comic, Mm -hmm. he's writing of the Jedi. He's kicking this whole thing off. They have more stuff planned than we know. Like, all these shows are going to connect. Everything's going to expand. Like, I know you guys aren't necessarily, like, the force and everything, but, man, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. I'm I'm down. Go ahead. You know, like Din Djarin could be a Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. He's not just a pilot because he's a good pilot. That's the Force, man. Din is a good Mandalorian because of the Force. Like, he's a foundling. We don't know anything about this guy. Yeah. Well, Del Rey already came out. And I know, like, the comics aren't Del Rey, but they already came out and they were like, guys, <laughs> everything is more connected than you even understand. Yeah. And then I think we, it was. Yeah. They said it horror movie, like possession. Yes. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, that's see, that's what I wanted. I I love that like creepy, dark, like my skin crawls, but like you're not really sure why, and I think that we're gonna get that. But yeah, I mean we've been hearing that everything is all coming full circle and we're going to really understand things and they're filling in the gaps. And I think that's what fans have been asking for, and I think that's a really great way to get new people who got pulled in because of the Mandalorian really kind of go back and watch the Clone Wars. I know we Skyped with my grandma last night and my aunt and they both were like well we just finished the mandalorian loved it now we're going to go back and watch clone wars Mm. and so scotty you said something you brought up kind of like maybe disney will set it up in a way that we have all these tv shows coming out they just you go from one to another and the timeline kind of makes more sense because i think something that disney has or i guess lucasfilm star wars does is they kind of throw you all this content and you're like I don't know where I am I don't know when I am and that's very confusing oh absolutely and I would love to have it be a little bit more user friendly when you're watching through it especially since they have this Disney Plus platform I think it's going to make a lot more sense guys uh, that will do it for us here on the council I appreciate all these guys showing up Holly uh, thanks for playing along with us and uh, guys we'll be back we'll be doing another podcast uh we've got a i've got an edit uh, a book club i've got to edit this guy we've got another podcast to do a lot of content coming your way uh so look forward to that um and we're gonna keep doing it casually here on the council uh for brent jory rob and wade and scotty uh netty thanks for not answering the call but guys we'll see you next time stay sweaty and may the force be with you all